0: succeed in both good times and bad that's why we treat every client as if they were our only client because every client every person truly matters to us we're at www.moregrider.com or better yet give us a call at 440-0700
1: your home of the los angeles lakers 940 espn the valley's local sports leader kfig fresno
2: with some really good information that will help you make good informed decisions, help you strategize a game plan for either getting into the market or staying in the market or moving on in the market, either way. Um, One of the beauties of this show is that we have a different guest every week and we have so many contacts, over 4,000 realtors are members of our association. We have about a thousand affiliates. Affiliates would be, oh let's say home inspectors, solar installers, um, people like that that can help us out. And by golly, that's what we got today on this sunny blue sky day in Fresno. Hallelujah, finally. <laughs> so. Uh, first, I'd like to introduce John Labaco of Soltech, and uh, you're a our solar expert for the day. Good morning.
1: All right. Good morning. Hi, everyone. Good morning,
2: Don. <laughs> Good morning. Okay. And then we also have Jonathan Bray of Bray Home Inspections. So both of you, or good morning.
0: Good morning. Good morning, Don, John.
2: All right. Um, yeah, today's going to be easy on me, just John and John. There you go. Just keep pronouncing it right okay well uh, how do you pronounce the one with the h in it (laughs) do you do it any different no (laughs) silent silent h all right anyway um you're both affiliates so you do a different thing than sell real estate but you have a big hand both of you have a big hand in the whole scheme of things so i'd like to ask you what have you seen in the market because the last six months um i'd say our our world got turned upside down on its ear Uh, um, but how jonathan bray how has that affected home inspections
0: um well the first week this whole thing started several months ago i was expecting it to sort of slow down just probably like everybody else put everything on hold and see what happens and um didn't turn out to be that way, Don. We uh, ended up doing just as many home inspections during this period as we did last year. Schedules stay in full. Um, things changed up a little bit in the sense that once the market got really hot and homes were in high demand, it became a um, pretty hot market. Um, started doing more pre-listing inspections for sellers, getting ready to put their house on the market because they wanted to know, you know, what's going to come up and sort of speed that whole escrow process up.
2: That's kind of interesting. So the seller would be doing the home inspection for the buyer before they even put the home on the market.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we, well, I actually coordinate, um, I coordinate pretty much any inspection you want, um, home, pest, um, roof, well, septic, radon, all the different inspections that we can get. So I get a lot of sellers agents calling me and wanting to do all the inspections, home and pest primarily. Uh, If there's a pool, we can look at that as well. But get those inspections done, get them the reports. That way, when a potential buyer comes along, they can speed up their contingency period by making the reports just available to the buyers. And then the buyers have a really good picture of it, you know, with a legitimate home inspection report in their hand versus just what they saw when they walked through the house.
2: So several years ago in the Bay Area, the market was red hot there, and that was kind of the normal operating procedure to, to do that, provide yep. them to the buyer, and then the buyer, in many cases, buyers, after reading all that, can make their offer non-contingent.
0: Correct. Right. Speeds, yeah, speeds everything up for yeah. sure.
2: For sure. All right. So no slowdown. No. How about for you, John? John LeBaco, Soltech.
1: Yeah, Sol- we're, we're busy. Um, state mandate says new houses have to have solar, so people are definitely interested in solar and it's saving people money on their utility bills. So, um, 20, uh, well, there's a, there's a nice rebate right now of, uh, uh, um, that you can get for, uh, not a rebate, but a tax credit that mm-hmm. you can get. So that's 26% this year. So last 15 days to get your orders in so that they can be installed. And that's how you get your tax credit.
2: So to get the tax credit, you have to have it installed before the end of the year. Yes. Okay. Now, doesn't that twenty six percent go down next year to a lower amount? Yes, it goes down
1: to twenty two.
2: All right. So there. So
1: there's some safe. So there's some motivation. So we do have like a lot of motivated people right now that, um, you know, a lot of people have had quotes before, get get the orders in, and then you can get your tax credit. And that's something we recommend, too, that you talk to your CPA or tax person to make sure you actually can get a tax credit, because a lot of people have been misled about whether they're eligible to get it or not. So there's some kind of conditions that people want to be aware of. For example, if you own a business, mm-hmm. you, know, you could use that money to pay your tax. To get the tax credit, do you have
2: to purchase the, the solar, or what if you lease the solar?
1: If you lease or do a PPA, you're not eligible to get a tax credit. You have to own the solar system. You have, okay. to, buy, you have to buy it.
2: All right. That, that's a really good point. But I do want to take you back 15, 16 years ago to what my CPA told me. Um, <laughs> I, I, I made a purchase on on a vehicle for the tax credit. and But I was telling them, you know, it's it's pretty pretty big vehicle I don't know if it really makes a lot of sense for me he said would you quit doing things for the tax benefit do it because it makes good sense and and it's it's something good for you I'll help you with the tax credits (laughs) so and I'll always remember that so the tax credits are a added benefit but make sure it has other the, the real benefits to you so that's what I want to ask you about John Is the what? What are the benefits of solar,
1: in a nutshell? So, the the main benefit why people get it is savings over the utility company. So, several people will receive high bills, specifically here in the valley in the summertime because we use our air conditioners. So, instead of paying four to six hundred dollars a month, you can purchase a solar system, and once you own the the panels, you pretty much have a minimal solar bill or mm-hmm. electric bill. So that's the, the goal is to produce your own energy and it, it'll uh, offset your electric bill so you can see significant savings and people like that. And then the second one, of course, is it's green energy. It's good for the environment. So people are concerned about the carbon footprint and all the smog and, you know, this time of year we have smoke, nothing we can do about that. But, you know, the, the, the green footprint, it's a beautiful day out there today. Um, this all helps. To have a better environment for us to live in.
2: Okay, and I think the one that's going to raise people's curiosity is that the the green savings, the green dollars. So instead of a four or five hundred dollar electric bill, maybe a couple of hundred dollar bill for the it, whole year. Yeah, yeah. So, and when you say for the whole year, so you still pay a what's called a true up bill to in this area, PG&E so, or Southern Cal Edison. So tell us about a true up bill.
1: So before, before you have a true up, you have these things called non-bypassable charges. PG&E has a meter on your house. So you, you have to pay eight to $15 a month to just have that meter connected. So you're gonna have a true up in terms of you gotta pay something to the electric company. It's not free anymore So, to, to have that connection. So um, that's a big part of what your true up is. It kind of starts there knowing that like, you know, we used to get calls from people saying, I don't want any electric bill. I don't want to pay anything. Well, those days are gone. There's a thing called net energy metering. And that's the name of the program for the billing for when you have solar. So there was a net energy metering number one that when it first came out, that's when people got the zero bill and they could put as many panels on the house as they pretty much Mm. wanted but when net energy metering number 2 came out then all of a sudden we had to pay like a minimal electric fee the number 1s got grandfathered on their plan for a little while but number people on the NEM 2 they've got to pay like a little something so it's normal to have a $200 electric bill before your true up or $150 before your true up and then let's talk about the true up so your true up is the amount of electricity you use after you've purchased everything Basically it's how much did you use after a one year period and how much did you, um, y- you receive electricity from your solar panels and then you pay for electricity from the electric company for the, the part you didn't use, that, that it went above and beyond what your solar system made. So that's a true up at the end, they balance that out.
2: Okay. Um, and I can tell, I, I know our listeners just learned a lot because just as I'm saying, oh, that's news to me, I didn't know. I heard Jonathan Bray go, "Hmm." (laughs) Yeah. So, over an annual basis,
0: let's say you use—I don't even just some numbers. If you're, if you use up twelve thousand kilowatt hours, and your solar system that's on your house produces ten thousand kilowatt hours, then your true up bill is PG and E's cost for that extra two thousand dollars, two thousand kilowatt hours over the year that you used.
1: There's no real cost other than that minimal fee. But it's more. You get a little credit. You can use it on your gas bill. That kind of thing. correct. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay. So a true up bill comes once a year. Correct.
1: And you do get a statement every month, and you got to look at those statements because not everybody's making sure their solar system is working, and that's something we have to talk about today.
2: Yes. And you get a
0: bill from PG and E, and it's going to have an amount in there, but you've also got to realize that the solar only affects your electricity, Don. You can't use your solar to offset your gas bill that's
2: right. right there's no solar gas oh that's a point i'd like to say because <laughs> i have seen people explain to me that um you know they they see their pg e bills and it's still 100 60, 200 yeah. but that was in the winter time and right. that was gas a lot of gas yeah yeah yes. so it's just the electric um And I liked what you said about you still gotta make sure that the system's working. What are the different components of of a solar system?
1: So there's two major components. The first one, and you're not gonna believe it, but I'm gonna tell you that the first one is the inverter. People are so concerned about their panel and their panel size and comparison. Hey, what kind of panels are you getting me? But the inverter is like a very important component because that's what makes the solar system work. Ties all that electricity together, transfers it from AC to DC, makes it so that you can, or for DC to AC, so it makes it so you can use it. So that's an important factor. Um, and having the right size inverter has a lot to do with it, too. So, um, so the panels and the inverter are the two most important things in the solar panel as far as components go.
2: So as a realtor, I ran across this problem several years ago where somebody had a really high um, lease payment, but they also had a really high true up bill. They were paying $2,500 a year for um, extra electricity. What turns out they had two inverter boxes. The big one that produced about 65% of the electricity wasn't working. And uh, once that got fixed. Took care of it. Yeah, yeah, the bills went down to virtually nothing.
1: So that's why we're talking about inspections. Yeah,
0: right. Can you can on your inspection? Can you are you able to check that?
1: We are. So um, what we like to do is know in advance. You call the office, let them know you need a solar inspection, and we'll we'll come out and we'll inspect it. But what we want to do is be able to uh, have access to the inverter. Um, from the company that sold you the inverter. So if it's, for example, if it's N Phase or Solar Edge, those are some of the popular companies. Um, we can get you can give us authorization if your current solar company isn't in business anymore, which we see a lot of that. Mm. Um, we're able to g- g- become authorized uh, by you calling in to that company. So I was at somebody's house yesterday. I gave them the phone number. We set the appointment. They're gonna call. And they're going to say, "Hey, end phase. We need to have Soltec be the company on our sheet here, so that they can come get it. Then we can get the data. We can get a name and a password, and we can go in there. Then we come out and inspect it. We can actually check and see and look at the there, there's monitoring. We can have access to the monitoring to see if it went out, when it went out. But we're also going to look at all the physical components and make sure all the wires are connected. Look at that inverter." And, and make sure that the system's working and then find out why and then be able to tell you if it needs a repair um, and, and fix it for you if, you if it needs to get fixed. Okay,
2: hold on to those thoughts because we do have to go to a commercial break, but stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio 940 ESPN. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and here in the studio with us today we have Jonathan Bray of John of Bray Home Inspections, and John LeBaco of uh, Soltech, a solar company. And so we've been talking about solar and all the the benefits to it, but also not only the benefits but the the limitations to it too. Um, like we. Uh, not that i learned this but it doesn't cover your natural gas all right so um going now to jonathan bray on home inspections do you inspect solar uh i do not do not No. and and why not well the
0: um, solar system is such a complicated system like uh, john was saying there's a lot of components that come into play and I mean, I'll go up on the – when I'm up on the roof, I'll typically glance at the solar system and see if it looks like the brackets are in place or if maybe something's come loose. But um, other than that, I verify there's an emergency set-off switch at the – typically near the inverter box. Mm -hmm. Other than that, I leave that 100% alone to the the solar
2: guys, yeah. All right, and um, I think that's important to know is – when you hire a home inspector know what they do and what they don't do because there are lots of specialties like termite inspections Uh, yes yep yeah um all right and it's not just you i i I actually i can't think of a a home inspector that also does solar to to any any degree so right uh, right 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 I think, for the, I
0: think for the most part, most of the home inspectors in town, we try and stay in our lane and do what we do. And if there's something that's outside of our scope, um, we're pretty good at
2: just letting other people you know, do their thing as well. And, you know, we do live in a world of specialties. For example, uh- I specialize in residential real estate. If you ask me a question about ag... <laughs> okay, I'm going to know the difference between a nectarine and an orange. Sure, but I'm not going to know a whole lot more than that. Right. <laughs> um, so, same thing with you. There's so so. Tell us, industry wide, what what do home inspectors do and what don't they do? And and keep in mind, listeners, there's always an exception. There's always a home inspector maybe that used to be a termite inspector so they can kind of cross that line and do that also yeah Uh, but what go ahead john So,
0: well um i as a general rule uh general home inspectors we're going to um for example my background i was a builder by trade Uh, i've built houses shopping centers apartment complexes commercial buildings from the ground up and i've done it all done the electrical done plumbing framing heating and air conditioning work appliance repair so when I show up a house, that's pretty much what we're looking at. Um, I typically explain to people we're looking at what we call stucco in, it might be wood siding in, whatever the exterior cladding on your house is. But um, we're looking at the structure, we're looking at the building, and we're looking for what we call material defects. So we're looking for big items that are going to cost you money. Look at the electrical system, look at the plumbing, climb up on the roof, Put my head in the attic, that kind of stuff um, that affects the, the structure
2: of the home. Stuff that's going to cost you money after you move in okay and, and why should someone do a home inspection well um if you don't know a
0: whole lot about the house <laughs> yeah. especially if it's something you're looking to buy and what happens is um you get the um, buy you know you go you you find a house as a buyer as a consumer you end up you know uh finding a house you fall in love with the outside from the curb or from pictures online and you call your agent and say hey we want to see the house and then Agent takes you over, you walk through the house, and, you know, wife falls in love with the kitchen, wife falls in love with the master bathroom. You walk out of the house, and 15 minutes later, you're deciding, we want to make an offer. Well, what, what what's going on with the house? What's going on inside of it? Sort of, you know, like if you were going to buy a used car, and you want to take it to your mechanic. Before you buy it, I'm the mechanic. We show up at the house, and we go through all those components for you and get you a report.
2: I would like to give the real, <coughs> excuse me, the Realtor's version Of why you should do a home inspection. I would love to hear that. It's really to manage your expectations. You're not buying that home or not gonna buy the home because let's say an electrical outlet is is burned. Um, Because that's something that can be fixed. You're buying the home because you love the location, you love the size, the amenities, and all that. The condition of the home is something that can be changed. But you have to manage your expectations. So when you buy that home, you know you're getting this great location, this perfect size. But if you're going to, you need to know that the dishwasher motor is rusted shut. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> so that you know that, okay, I'm buying this home, but I know I'm going to have to replace that, that dishwasher.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a fantastic point. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, here, I have done yeah. real estate for a while, John. <laughs> you, <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the thing, Don. Is in my opinion, because I've done it all, everything's fixable, and that's what I try to explain to buyers when we're at that house. Is, is this a big deal? Well, it's sort of a big deal, but is it fixable? Yes. Mm-hmm. You know that kind of thing is like everything's everything's like you said everything's everything's fixable.
2: Yeah. So you're actually doing the condition, which is one of the four factors that I counsel my buyers on price and this is that that factor your price equals location first then size then amenities like solar then condition Mm. and in that order got it if you have a home in beautiful condition but it's the wrong location for you that's not a good purchase true so yeah you have to keep things in perspective right Um, And then, uh, you know, my wife and I, we bought a home and uh, there was some fascia board that was rotted out. And I said, that's okay. I I know the guy to fix that. We can get that taken care of. Now, it was five years later that she reminded me that (laughs) I hadn't done it yet, (laughs) but it did get done. Yeah. I don't know what the hurry was. (laughs) Right.
0: Just because we say we do something, no need to remind us every six months. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Good point. All right. So, um, what are the things that you that a home inspector doesn't do? For example, the fence. Yeah. So, so well, that it
0: yes, that's um, fence lines, especially in you know residential neighborhoods. Fence lines are co-owned by owners. I mean, co-owned by neighbors, uh, as of two thousand twelve. So um, a lot of times if I'm out on a house and I see a major breach or there's a security or a health and safety thing, you've got big dogs next door and you've got a bunch of loose pickets, um, I'm going to make some comments about that. But general general rule, um, fence lines we don't um, touch um, unless there's, like I said, a major major concern. But a lot of times you can see that visually. Mm -hmm. Um, Sprinkler systems, um, landscape irrigation systems. Uh, we can run through and run a couple sprinkler valves and check them. But as far as a thorough inspection and knowing which pipe is broken and all that, typically we don't get into. Um, I, I coordinate out, um, sub out, um, well inspections. If it's, a, uh, if it's a country property, rural property, um, well, septic, uh, I can do radon inspections. But we don't do um, termites, for example. I'm going to call in someone else that's going to do his own. They're going to stay in there. You know, they're going to do their thing, and I'm going to do what I do best.
2: Yeah, it, and the cost of all this is relative. Like, what's a typical cost for a home inspection? Now, I'm not asking your cost. Yeah, but industry wide. Uh,
0: typically, for a standard three bedroom, two bath house, um, for a general base, just a general home inspection, you're looking at anywhere from three twenty five, three seventy five, which is. Mm-hmm. If you called all the different trades in that we represent, it'd probably be fifteen, eighteen hundred dollars 1800 to get an electrician out there, to get a plumber out there, to get an AC guy out there, to get all those guys out there to do what they do. You'd be looking at a little bit, quite a bit of money. When we do a pretty good overall general home inspection, and then if I see a problem with the AC system, for example, I'm going to say, you know, we need to spend 95 bucks and call the AC guy out to
2: look at that. So is this fair to say that a home inspector is like a general doctor? 100%. Yeah, um, come in to you, you, and then you refer out to a specialist if you see a problem. Correct. All right. Because I'm correct on that one, we're going to go to a commercial break. Love (laughs) it. All right. Thank you, and stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 ESPN.
0: Here comes the sun, I said,
1: it's all right.
2: here comes the sun and welcome back to welcome home radio this is don scordino and we have john bray home inspector and john labaco of soltech a solar installer and inspector so john labaco tell me about inspections what 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 all is involved in a solar inspection as far as cost the time to do one yeah
1: Yeah. it it, it, it's a. Something you might want to do if you're not sure if your solar system's working, or if you're going to be purchasing a home and you want to make sure that system's up to up to date and it works. So um, you want to uh, check your uh, a solar a solar inspection. Roughly runs about 140 dollars in, in that range there, and we're two three weeks out typically. So it's something that you don't want to rush into. Like if you need one right away, it's a little tougher. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, tip in a typical real estate transaction, we have seventeen day. A buyer has seventeen days to do their inspection. So, if two to three weeks, uh, maybe the three weeks is long, but it could be fit in there.
1: Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll work with you. It just you know just depends on how busy the office is and how busy the guys are.
2: Right. Um, that's not bad. $140, 45 bucks for an inspection to know that you're you've got electricity. And you'll get a written report too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you took your car to get it checked out before buying it, you would want to make sure the, electric, the electrical, the power part of that uh, system is working. Well, same thing here. You want to make sure that electrical, the power part of, of your purchase is a working item. So that's important. Just like on a home without solar, you uh, John Bray, you would check the electrical panel box, make sure the breakers are all there, make sure there's no double lugs.
0: Yeah, yeah,
2: no, I see that, see that quite a bit. See, a little shop talk on my part there, (laughs) double lug. Shows I've been on an inspection or or two. two. You've probably been on more than I have. (laughs) Hey, I think you just made an old joke at me. (laughs) All right. Were you doing real estate, Don,
0: before home inspections was a thing? You, know you the remember an- the days? you know the answer is yes. Uh, okay, I I, I yeah. yeah. I mean they've been around for we've been doing them for thirty something years, but they just weren't as common back in the you know mid
2: to late eighties. Yeah, I remember about the mid to late eighties when they the the industry yeah. kind of was born. Yeah, uh, we were skeptical. Sure, I don't blame <laughs> you one bit. And, and then um, oh, I even remember one where. Uh, When when the listing agent heard that I was getting a home inspection, he went and pulled the sold sign down. It's like he just (laughs) thought it was going to ruin the whole transaction. And and so people's thoughts have really changed now. I I mean, a seller, actually, it's a benefit to the seller to have a solar inspection and a home inspection and a termite inspection because it takes it off of them. That seller is somewhat liable if um, the dishwasher didn't work or the inverter box isn't working. But once it's inspected by a professional, I think it kind of falls more on them. So going back to the solar inspections, you you guys get up on the roof and check them out? Absolutely. All right. Mm Um, But but the inverter boxes are more on the side of the house, much like an electrical panel box. Correct. All right. Um, It does your inspection also say, hey, you only have four panels up there. It's not sufficient for this 4,000-square-foot home. Is that part of the inspection or just this is what you got and it's working?
1: there's some math involved so we'll look at like how many solar panels they have and how many watts they are and we can figure out roughly how much it should should be making but the key is if you're monitoring your solar system you're going to know like how well it's doing so we're going to recommend of course everybody should be monitoring their solar system even today it's a great day to look and see how your solar production's working so some people aren't doing that or they have older equipment and they don't know if they can monitor it. So that's where, you know, we, we, have, we get an idea like how much electricity they need. But um, a lot of people are suffering with true ups. So um, you know if you have a $1,500 true up and you have a system that's 10 years old, you probably do need more panels. And, mm-hmm. and that's something like, yeah, we could tell you after that inspection, like, hey, your system works. And you do have, you know, that size true up, we can address like how many panels you need if, you know, if that's the family staying in the house.
2: Um, so to add panels, you're, you're, that's not a problem. So let's say you have 15 panels up there now and you want to add an extra five. That's Is that easy enough to tie in?
1: In most cases, yes. In some cases, we do have to look at the size of that electrical panel that they have, and sometimes you do need a panel upgrade. One of the things that we've noticed is that with this mandate for new uh, construction for houses having solar, Um, these companies are selling or leasing or whatever they're doing with these people, getting them solar systems when you buy a new house. And, um, you know, if you look at the size of the inverter, get a large inverter, and and maybe those those systems are kind of expensive and that you're not really getting a chance to shop, you could get less panels from them and get a big inverter. And then we can just fill that with own solar so that you can own the solar system or or at least a good portion of it yeah okay
2: so i I want (laughs) to get into you mentioned owned solar uh i don't know if most of them out there are owned or leased or a thing called the power purchase agreement can you tell us the difference between those three
1: yeah there's there are those three so um there (gasps) there there is some literature if somebody's considering getting solar that um, the state requires you to read and know about those three. So um, I'll be happy to touch on them. Like a PPA is called a power purchase agreement. So you're going to pay a rate that usually goes up every year. Let's say you start at 22 cents a kilowatt. It's going to go up a little bit every year. And you're going to make electricity um, mostly in the summertime. So you're going to pay more during the summer with a PPA. And a lease, you're not going to own it it's going to be owned by the electric company or investors and you don't get a tax credit on either one of those two products do they get the tax credit somebody does but it's not the owner okay so on a purchase you do get to own the solar system outright so owning is going to build some equity in in your house and as we've discussed before a lot of people want to get a owned uh, buy a house that has an owned solar system so um, that's an advantage to to having owned solar is it, it can add a little bit more value to your house and uh, people that um, are buying it aren't going to have as big an electric bill so that's not a nice plus mm.
2: i just spoke to a real estate appraiser and he was saying owned solar adds value in in that that appraiser will add value to the appraisal uh, for owned solar and but if it's leased or a power purchase agreement they don't
1: Right. Because you're paying monthly installments on a leased or a PPA and for you don't own it. 15 or 20 years. And at the end, there's balloon payments on those, too. There's a, an amount due at the very end, which most of the time, they don't even tell you what that is. So mm-hmm. kind of scary, um, but they're convenient for people, and they're sure. easy to get into, so they sure. th- they do them. Regarding the um, the true-up, let's say someone's
0: had solar panels for a couple of years now, so they've experienced their true-up bill every year. Um, yeah, and they've had a couple maybe it's 200 300 a month let's just say for an example now that we've gone through this environment we have the last 6 months where people are spending a lot more time at home maybe they're you know working from home or kids are home from school do you anticipate that um, affecting their true up bill going f- like this next their next coming true up bill um, just because of the amount of energy they use that they wouldn't normally have been using if mom and dad were both gone to work and the kids were at school 8 or 10 hours a day what do you do you
1: we're yeah, seeing any of that, those changes? So it's based on your size of your solar system when you initially get it. So if you anticipated like, hey, I want it about 10% bigger, then you know that'll kind of supplement for that if they never had a true up before. And now um, if you get a solar system that's 70 or 80% of your electric bill and you had a little true up and now you're home and using a lot more electricity, you're definitely gonna feel that and pay for that. So yeah. okay. you just have to weigh that out. So yeah. you know sizing, it's like really important.
2: So let's talk the difference between leasing and owning, a- and an advantage to leasing is a person might say, "Well, hey, I only got a thousand bucks in my savings account, so I can't afford to just go out and purchase it and own it." So how how do you finance it to own it, and then is that uh, how does that compare
1: to leasing? So either way, they're going to run your credit. So as long as you get to have a good credit history and good credit score you can own it and we use local credit unions are fantastic with good rates for solar so you know you don't have to go outside of the area you can use um, you know the local credit unions around here Mm -hmm. and it's a great way to get solar Um, leases they'll run your credit and then you're locked into like a uh, maybe it's a low monthly installment but you got to weigh those two out and see if the price for purchasing Um, versus leasing, which one like works out better. And 90% of the time, the purchase is better because the panels and the system prices have dropped over the last several years. So it's very reasonable. That's why you see so many people here with solar systems on their house. Why would prices drop? You know, the the tax credits have come down quite a bit. So Uh it seems like every year that the tax credits have come down, the pricing has come down too, but demand is real high. So we have a lot more companies that are doing solar and that are selling solar panels and a lot more options for people. So, you know, the newest thing that's out there is, you know, which does have a rebate, which is the um, battery system. So, you know, backup, we all got PG&E bill notices that say, you know, hey, you know, we just want to let you know your power could go out. You know, they're 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 letting you know that, like, if your power goes out for, like, a time period, um, you just want to be aware, like, what to do. So, you know, people are purchasing generators or backup battery systems to take care of that. Those are good options. Mm-hmm. All right.
2: With that, we are going to go to our next commercial break, but stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio 940 ESPN. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and we have John LeBaco of Soltech Industries here talking on sunshine and solar. We have Jonathan Brave, Bray Home Inspections, here talking home inspections. So, appropriate music for a bright and sunny, still summer day here in Fresno. So, uh,. Although this this is our hey, this is our last Saturday before autumn starts. So All right. okay, that begs the question. Are solar panels very effective in the winter time? Yeah, they work. Sun's out. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> <laughs> well, and with climate change more and more, right? <laughs> so and, and of course we don't use as much electricity in the wintertime. Right. Yeah, that's where we kind of switch more to natural gas.
1: To heat the house, yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, I want to talk about maintenance. Um, and here's a question I hear a, a lot. There, um, I, I've always suggested to people from a real estate standpoint, why don't you, you know, it's a good idea before you put the home on the market to get the panels washed and cleaned. And then uh, I get the comment a lot, well, I talked to our solar provider and they said we don't shouldn't do that. Um, so if you could
1: comment on that, I'd
2: sure appreciate it.
1: Yeah, so panels are gonna work no matter what, but you definitely they, they definitely look nicer when they're clean and they do work better when they're clean too. So you really wanna have them clean in the spring and in the summer, so that you can get your higher production, because that's that's when you're using your air conditioner. And they do make more electricity during the summer and, and the, actually the spring and the fall than they do like in the winter. So clean panels will help. Um, but you don't want to let them get caked on and and, you know, really.
2: So with all the ash and particulates in the air right now, I would imagine most solar panels are pretty caked up right now
1: they're they're getting yeah i just washed mine before the fire not knowing of course there was going to be a fire mm-hmm. so um you wanted me to touch on pricing of what it costs to clean solar panels and you know it's really reasonable the biggest thing is having somebody you don't know go up on your roof if, especially if you have a tile roof that kind of thing you know the, you got to have people that you trust that would say like hey i broke a tile and you know we're, we're going to take care of that so mm-hmm. um you know those are things you got to consider so um But the the cost of cleaning uh, panels is pretty reasonable, roughly three to $4 a panel and maybe a small trip out fee is um, what we charge at Soltec. So um, cleaning is important. And then you do wanna use soft water as opposed to the cold water or the hard water that we have out there. If you do use hard water, you wanna squeegee them dry and you wanna do this before it gets hot. So morning or late afternoon. So maybe what
2: it. not to do is stick your ladder up on the side of the roof
1: and get your hose and, and squirt it down. Yeah. not a, okay. You got to dry them if you're going to do that. Because uh-huh. you don't want water spots, just like your shower. You know, mm-hmm. if you've seen those shower stains, that could happen to a solar panel. If you get those water stains, then, you know, that'll affect production. So having high production is the most important thing you want. That's why you would want to clean your solar panels. And then, of course, cosmetic um, people want their houses to look nice. And if you do have panels in the front of the house, you know, you, you want to clean them so they look good. It's, it's the selling helps with selling, obviously it's curb appeal, curb appeal. There you go.
2: Yeah. Okay. So maintenance is good. Uh, how often should somebody hire a solar inspector, uh, to come by and just check the system? So they're not selling the home. They're just owning it and maintaining it. Should they do it? Once every five years?
1: No. What's better than that is getting some software that you can use to be able to monitor your solar system. So we have um, some pretty exclusive software now. Um, It's called No True Up, and it allows you to be able to – it's not No True Up like N-O True Up. It's K-N-O-W True Up so it allows you to know how your production is daily and you can see your push and your pull from receiving electricity or you're giving it to PG&E and you're able to monitor and the and the biggest thing that's about that is with this ash that's coming down like I'm able to see like my solar production is down 20 30% because of the the, the ash in the air. So when, when this all stops and the sun's out today, you know, production's definitely going to go up, clean the panels, production's going to be nice and high, so it's going to go back to saving me what I anticipated.
2: I'm glad you cleared that up, no true-up, because I immediately thought, ah, no bill, right? <laughs> right. No your true-up. <laughs> all right, John Bray, um, what are the best maintenance tips for a home? So not somebody selling, just somebody owning their home, living in it. What, what's the best thing to do? So um, I recommend, especially right now with all the
0: fires and the smoke that's been in the air, get your air filters changed. Um, change them out even more frequently than you normally would because some of that smoke and some of those particulate particulates are coming into the house through open windows, even just opening and closing doors. It's going to come in, and you're, that's what you're part of the filtering s- system is. Um, change your air filters. Matter of fact, um, what a lot of people don't think about is in your vehicle, you've also got a cabin air filter. So for your heating and air conditioning system in your car, you've got a filter typically behind the dash, um, behind the, the glove box. Um, you've got a filter back in there that's filtering the air as it circulates through your car. Um, you're going to have a lot of smoke partic- particulates in that as well. So get that changed. On your home. Wow, I'm glad I listened to you today. On that on that, <laughs> that one, yeah, it, it can it can really affect that part of it. Uh, on your home, I recommend having your uh, heating and air conditioning service twice a year. Have the heater serviced in, you know, coming up here, September, October, November. What's involved in servicing a, a unit? So, um, what I like about it is that you, you actually get a licensed AC contractor out there looking at your system. They climb up there. If it's on the roof, if it's in the attic, depending on where it's at, they get up, they put a pair of eyes on it and they look at everything. And they check your system, make sure it's clean. Um, they'll clean the coils inside they'll make sure the airflow is proper um they'll make sure that they see any um leaks any freon leaks or oil leaks or anything going on they can ad- address it you know before it becomes a big problem um service the air conditioning side in you know uh, march april
2: before you know before the summertime hits what's this i hear that th- you can't use freon anymore uh- do yeah. They just replace it with a different product.
0: Yeah, they. Uh, it's still it's still Freon technically, but it's a different um, different chemical makeup. They went from what's from what was, was an R twenty two refrigerant to a um, it now it's a four ten A I think is where we're at, and it's just a different system, um, so that it's a lot more energy efficient, more a lot more environmentally f-
2: um, friendly, um, easier to produce. So you don't have to replace your system. You just replace the 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 gas the component
0: correct correct you can and there may be some conversion things you have to do if you're going from r22 to r410a um, and that's you know definitely something that on older system you got to be concerned about because if it's an r22 system the r22 is the price has gone up on a lot of that stuff
2: so the r22 is that like insulation where the higher the number the more insulation you no, have? No, I or is think that it has
0: different? to do yeah, – it's, it's, it's more like a modeling uh, – a model system type of reference mm-hmm. for different – just the different labeling for the AC companies to
2: be able to use and identify. So for the appliances inside the home, mm-hmm. what's the best maintenance tips? Keep your oven clean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the, as far as the appliances
0: go inside the house, a lot of those are um, – you know own you can check them make sure they're not leaking periodically make sure you've got you know check underneath your sinks because a little a little leak from a sink faucet or from a drain line or something can over time if it's not you
2: know if it's not um, noticed can cause a lot of a lot of damage okay and sewer backups are something that often can be prevented by being real careful on what you put down the drain. Oh, yeah,
0: absolutely. yeah. matter of fact, um, we've got you know these low flow toilets now, and I've trained my boys that when they flush the toilet, they hold the handle down and empty the tank of as much water as they can every time they flush. More water you got going down your system, the more water the, the farther it's going to carry the paper and the solids and things and get it out to the sewer line rather than letting it you know you you flush a toilet with half a cup of water, um, some of that stuff's not going to make it all the way to the sewer line, and then eventually it's going to, you know, it can dry out and build up, and that can cause quite a bit of clogging as well.
2: I've seen a lot of sewer clogs that are caused by grease, rice, Oh yeah, pasta. Yeah. I can't imagine somebody yeah. wasting pasta. No, no. <laughs> that's exactly right. That stuff's made to eat, you, the, not to put down the put drain. The, yeah, <laughs> and you don't want to put it down
0: your garbage disposal either. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. So what should people do with
0: grease? Um, Pour it into a glass jar. Let it cool.
2: Throw the jar away. Okay. Into the recyclable? Um, Or I guess that's a city utilities question. That's (laughs) not a home inspection question. I would call
0: (laughs) 621-2489.
2: All right. Uh, Put it off on the city. (laughs) Um, Okay here's a good one for you i often one of the most common things i see on homes even if they're only five years old is dry rotted fascia board how what's the best way to prevent that keep a good coat of paint keep a good coat of paint on
0: all your outside wood you can prevent you know water from getting into it um keep your rain gutters clean because rain gutters can clog up and the water will back up over the rain gutter. And that's an area on your fascia board that you can't paint. You can't get to and maintain it very well. So you've really got to keep that water in the gutter and then to the downspout and get it away from the house rather than letting it back up and go the opposite way. It will it will seep up into your roof line.
2: I remember showing a house last winter and it was pouring rain outside and we saw rain pouring over the middle of of a gutter so it wasn't even at a downspout right uh i'm sure those downspouts were plugged and clogged and sure enough uh when we did our termite inspection on that found a lot of dry rot right there yeah okay well i do want to thank both of you guys for coming in today and hopefully enlightening oh excuse the pun well enlightening our our audience on solar and on home inspections. So John Labaco of Soltech Industries, thank you. And John Bray of Bray Home Inspections, thank you very much. And thank, thank you, you to our listeners for tuning in. We'll be back next week. Hey, it's CG, Afternoon Drive host here on 940 ESPN. Well, we are redefining what sailing